HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Underground Meats, an American producer of handcrafted salami and cured meats in Madison, Wisconsin. For more information, visit shop.undergroundfoodcollective.org or stop by their butcher shop in Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. It's a beautiful, gorgeous uh, day in Brooklyn here. Um, we're just at the height of the not-too-hot weather right now. Um, and I'm actually feeling uh, a little sad today because I've never actually been to Seattle myself. And, um, you know, I I've actually feel like now I have been there. And I feel like I've been on a tour of the whole Pacific Northwest region because I'm holding a book right now, and it's called Lark, Cooking Against the Grain. And the author is the chef and owner of the restaurant of the same name, John Sundstrom. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Um, congratulations on this amazing cookbook. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm really pleased that you're enjoying it and that it's getting out there into the world. Yeah. So, and that's a fascinating story in itself. Um, this uh, cookbook, it is a restaurant cookbook, but I mean, first of all, it's one of the most just richly satisfying cookbooks I've I've seen in a long time, just in terms of image and words. Um, I really savored uh, all the little bits of narrative throughout, and the photos and the recipes are just delectable. Um, it looks like a seriously professional production. Um, however, this was kind of self-published, or it yep. was... Yep. Yeah, it was published and it started with a Kickstarter campaign, correct? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, so uh, I've I've had a restaurant called Lark for I guess we're in our tenth year of business, so about nine and a half years now, and um, I've been a chef for twenty years and just love food and you know it's my life and um, you know had kind of. Uh, I guess three or four years ago, right before the the recession hit, you know, kind of had my 
my window of opportunity, you know, with um, book publishers mm-hmm. open. You know, I had just won the James Beard Award for Best Chef Northwest oh and, you know, lots of positive yeah. things and had some good discussions with um, publishing houses and was thinking, oh, yeah, maybe I should do a book. You know, it seems to be the thing to do. And, um of course, then the economy changed drastically, and you know the the publishing business is very fast moving and mm-hmm. uh, as well as adapting but you know so a few years later we um, we kind of picked it back up again, and a good friend of mine, uh, Jared Stoneberg, he's a former chef and now kind of turned web developer. Um, mm-hmm. We had kept in touch, and he had done our websites you know he he approached me and he was like, "Hey, you know I think we should." We should dive back into the the cookbook idea, but let's find a new a new media way to do this. So yeah. that's kind of where it all started. Yeah, because you have an app, a complimentary app for the cookbook that has every single recipe from this book on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I, it, that's that's a great idea. So um, so that was always integral to the the beginning of this cookbook idea. I yeah, guess it, as, as things kind of as we started having a few conversations. Um, you know, I was like, well, you know, hey, I think, um, you know, I've had some good conversations with publishers, but I don't really know how to pick that back up with them. And he's like, well, let's, let's, let's crowdsource this. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had never heard of Kickstarter before I, I spoke with Jared, and this is probably a year and a half ago or so. But it was just kind of starting to get going. And he's like, you know, we, you've already got great fans at the restaurant. You've already got a news, you know, newsletter. You're already kind of delving into social media. It's like you have a great platform here to kickstart something, so why don't we raise the money to fund the production yeah. uh, through Kickstarter? And um, and one of the things that I really liked about that whole idea was that we could involve our customers and our fans in the whole process of making a cookbook. Um, mm. One of the parts of kind of the traditional model is that you know, the chef gets up early for a year, you know, and squeezes in some writing time or maybe has a ghost writer help him out. But you never really know what's going on until the book lands in the market, you know. Yeah. Press yeah. releases come out and suddenly, you know, so-and-so's book is, is all over the place, but you don't really know what happened beforehand. Or So mm. I, I just thought, you know, our guests really um, – they're really interested in kind of like the behind the scenes, you know, what's going on when in the creative process uh, with food. And I thought, why not kind of bridge the gap into the writing of the book and just making this book? With and so the restaurant that is with too. the restaurant. Yeah. Huh. And so um, but it was it was really great with the Kickstarter because um, we we kind of. We, there's a reward system with Kickstarter, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so we made um, some of our rewards were sort of, you know, access points to behind the scenes. Wow. You know, so if you, you know, you donated a certain amount to the project, we um, we started sending you. We call them rough cuts. So you know, wow. once we started production, we um, sent out a recipe every week with some photos. Maybe we did some behind behind the scenes. Um, from our photo shoots or our video shoots. And it just really was a great way to connect with um, everyone who supported us on the project. And it just gave it a very vibrant, you know, it was a really vibrant and exciting kind of life cycle, just the Kickstarter itself. So wow. that was all really, really excellent. Cool. And it looks like people had fun, too. I'm looking at the back few pages of the book, and it looks like people are hanging out doing, you know, uh, a picnic and 
you're yeah. doing a photo shoot here in the wilderness and yeah, maybe yeah, a recipe well, test dinner or something is going exactly. on here. Well, once yeah. we decided that we were going to self-publish this, you know, we kind of, you know, in those early stages, we're like, well, we could pitch this idea and see if anybody wants to pick it up. And, and we've got... Um, there's a local publisher, Sasquatch Books, that does some really nice projects. Mm. They've they've sort of grown in the last few years. They, they sort of used to be travel guides and things, but they now have done some really nice cookbooks and, and lots okay. of things. But we decided um, that what the ultimate goal was was really to just stay true to kind of our vision right. artistically of the book. And, you know, Lark is a really it's – a, it's a very locally focused restaurant. We've always believed in supporting local farms and artisanal producers. And we thought we'd like to really employ local people, you know, local yeah. photographers, um, designers. Book designers, you know, okay. what have you. And, um, Amazing. So yeah. it kind of became clear that we should – go ahead and do this on our own and self-publish it. Um, and there's also some financialist interest in that. You know, the, the structure of book business, you know, it's a business, right? So, you know, um, a bigger house um, has lots of people to pay and lots of, you know, infrastructure to support for every book that's sold. And, you know, so we, we decided we'd do it ourselves, and we're, we're happy to do a smaller run of books, mm. uh, but really keep the focus on quality and integrity throughout the project. So, cool. uh, we so, actually even printed the book in Seattle, uh, which is very unusual. You know, I mean, yeah. almost all cookbooks are printed overseas nowadays. Um, so, really, just very unique um, way to kind of keep keep our hands in the process and and just really um, support our local economy. So, wow. So, it, yeah, and. You know, you're a James Beard Award award winning chef, and you know, you had conversations with publicists, so it's not like you couldn't have, um, you know, tried to work out the traditional route. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we had, um, you know, again, I had some, a couple of good conversations, you know, back in, I guess, 2007, 2008. Um, and, but one of the things that just struck me in those conversations, you know, again, there's a lot that a publisher could bring to you. You know, they've mm-hmm. certainly have got quality um, as a, and professionalism all as part of the package. You know, they know what they're doing. They can take a lot of the load out of your hands as a chef. You know, during the production of the book, you know, it was sort of an extra job for me. I mean, I spent three or four hours a day before I even went to the restaurant <laughs> working on yeah. the book. Um, but what you tr- what the trade-off for that is you know, for every, you know, say $40 book that gets sold, you might get a couple dollars back. Um, right. And right. and also there might have been compromises in terms of, you know, just what we wanted to show. Um, I mean, you know, we've got yeah. some pictures in the book. You know, there's whole raw pig heads in the book <laughs> and, you know, little squabs with a without their feathers and you know there's, just, there's things in there that you know if I were dealing with a p- bigger publisher they might have been well hey you know let's keep this a little more accessible let's right. um let's let's do a pork chop instead of a pig head or you know we didn't we didn't have to make those kind of um, compromises or choices because we were able to say well hey we really want to represent the restaurant and my style of cooking and uh, you know we decided 
fairly early on that this was was certainly a book geared toward uh, you know a someone who cooks fairly often, who's already a farmer's market okay. shopper. Yeah. You know, it's, we weren't trying to do a, a 101 style of, <laughs> you know, how to cook when you graduate from college kind <laughs> right, of right. Um, approach, you know. So, totally. Um, it's a little more just a, a little rustic, a little organic, um, just kind of natural style of cooking yeah, with inspiration. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the recipes, you know, I would say most of the recipes are pretty accessible and, and you know, there's lots of great vegetable recipes in there and grains and things that are really pretty quick and easy to make. But there are, there are a few, um, there's a few stumpers in there. You know, mm-hmm. there's some things that I'll, I've even said in the introduction, you know, this is one to spend the whole weekend on, you right. know. Have a dinner party, devote the time to it. Um, and, uh, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's really just got, the hope was to help people become more confident cooks, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. it's, if they've already got some skills. So would you say that, you know, with the, with the self-published route um, and the smaller print run, um, would this be a sort of small batch artisanal cookbook? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, for the print book itself, um, yeah. you know, again, we, we decided that uh, our initial run, and we're, we're kind of calling this um, with the maroon cover, the maroon binding is the first edition. Oh. We have a couple thousand books. And we're hoping to do another couple thousand when that sells out, and we'll probably change it a little bit. We, you know, we'll switch to maybe a different color hmm. binding, and just because we want that first edition to always be special. Um, and again, knowing that, that I'm not going to feel really, book, yeah, that makes me feel really special that I have this like small kind of rare cookbook too. Yeah, well, yeah. I hope I hope that's the feeling. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, really, everyone who seems to be able to spend a little time with it does. They do seem to recognize that it's it's different from what is out there, and that they really, I don't know, it seems to resonate, and I'm really proud of that, and and, and grateful, you know. So thank you. Um, oh my gosh! So tell me about community supported cookbooks, because that's the name of the publisher, as right, you know, um, right. as imprinted here on the on the side of the book. Yeah. Um, well, so that's basically the company that uh, Jared and I founded. Um, you know, we we needed to have. Uh, a structure. Sorry, I've got a plane flying overhead. <laughs> I'm in my backyard because okay. we're having a beautiful day in Seattle too. So good, good. Um, uh, here, I'll move in just so it's not too loud. <laughs> Atmosphere. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's a little better. Um, but so that's the company we founded, and because mm-hmm. uh, we had to have a way for the Kickstarter, you know, money and things right. to just flow through for us to to help you know pay people so so basically the money we raised through kickstarter went to pay all of the people who worked on the project so mm-hmm. we, we basically built our own um team mm-hmm. uh, we hired a great local photographer uh videographer for the work done on the apps and the ebook versions uh, a book artist and graphic designer mm. and then we also had you know quite a bit of time put into the um the it side you know so there was an app builder and programmers and you know we put together a team of about 12 people all with you know great talents and, and actually a lot of artistic background um and who Many you knew and you wanted to work with, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we just, we really lucked out. Everyone is really great. And the, the photos you see in the back sort of the behind the scenes, you know, we, we quickly gelled and just had a lot of fun um, doing this, this project. You know, um, one of our first uh, road trips, we decided we wanted to have, be able to kind of say, you know, here's life in the Northwest um, mm-hmm. through my eyes. So we did this trip out to the Washington coast um, 
late last, or I guess early last spring, and uh, to do the razor clamming trip. So yeah. we wanted to have a you know some some a lot of photos of the wild coast and kind of the wet and uh we just had this amazing trip together you know there were probably 20 of us in the house some of us brought our families and you know we dug razor clams and cooked together and and you know took photos and videos the whole time and it was just it was a riot so. oh my gosh that is so much fun so i i'm i can't wait to talk more and ask you a little bit more about uh this cookbook um we're just going to cut to a quick little musical interlude sure. and we'll be right back okay thanks You're listening to In My Dreams by the California Honey Drops on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Keep, keep it locked for more Eat Your Words. Underground Meats is an American producer of handcrafted salami and cured meats in Madison, Wisconsin. They use small farms from southwest Wisconsin to source their meat. The animals are raised on pasture for their entire lives by farmers who care about animal welfare. While Underground Meats uses European traditions, they also use ingredients from the upper Midwest to try to create new types of salamis, experimenting with both ingredients and techniques. The salamis are made using heritage breeds, mostly red wattles, tamworths, berkshires, and mule foots. Try their award-winning cured pork shoulder and goat salami. To learn more and purchase products, visit shop.undergroundfoodcollective.org or stop by their butcher shop in Madison, Wisconsin. All right, we're back chatting with John Sundstrom, the chef of Lark, the restaurant, and also the author of Lark, the book, the cookbook, that is. Um, so we sc- still got you on air from uh, your home in Seattle? Yes, I'm here. Awesome. So we talked um, a bit about a lot of the unique advantages of self-publishing this cookbook, but just briefly, I wanted to, um, I was just curious, what, what do you think, what, is if any are um, you know some some of the disadvantages or challenges? Sure, sure. Well, um, there's there's a couple things. I mean, first of all, there is. I mean, in the book world, um, and I my learning curve was huge in <laughs> terms of just getting a book together. Yeah, but, like um, hardcover, uh, binding. Yeah, yeah. Hard, all the choices <laughs> there are to make, and then. Um, you know, when we started talking to, you know, local bookstores, you know, like, hey, we're working on this. We'd love to set up an event with you next year. But as soon as they hear the word self-published, uh-uh. they, you can see the, the, the shutters close, you know, <laughs> because I think there is a repu- there can be a lot of poor quality. And that was sort of the, the biggest, um, there's a bit of a stigma there and, um, you know, a little bit of an uphill battle um, in terms of that. So, you know, the, the good part was we're willing to give away some books. And so... Mm. As soon as we were able to actually put the the book in their hand and we give them, you know, the the other versions of it, which are basically the the, the, the app apps, or yeah. the the um, ebook for them to see, they started to realize, you know, the rich quality and the thoughtfulness and all of the the positive things that went into it. So, right. but certainly there was a uh, as soon as self published comes out of your mouth, there's <laughs> sort of a, a little bit of a clamming up. So. Um, <laughs> Luckily, we've been able to overcome some of that, and I think, you know, a lot of our early reviews and some of the press we've had have really, I think, you know, outlined the uniqueness of the whole, you know, kind of doing the electronic versions in tandem with the print version. Mm-hmm. And just sort of highlighting that they're both great ways to enjoy the recipes and enjoy the stories. And it's really, you know, the world has changed a bit, so yeah. there's there's more than one way that people may want to use this tool is kind of how I look at it. So, right. um, 
And then the, the other disadvantage, I would say, is the distribution network. You know, mm-hmm. one of the, the big pluses if you're working with, you know, Chronicle Books or 10 Speed is that, you know, they've already done this hundreds of times and they've worked with chefs and they immediately know how to, um, you know, put you on tour and, you know, get you to the right places and people and get and you in front stores. of the right pieces and people. So, put um, the books in so the stores, the, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's this whole distribution side of things. and. Um, I think we've done a pretty good job of kind of getting into, you know, the independent stores in the Northwest and on the West Coast, and we've certainly sent books out to what we think are the best places around the country, you know, Kitchen Arts and Letters, and, you know, we're hoping that those kind of places will pick it up once they can actually, um, you know, experience yeah. the book. But but at, at the same time, from the very beginning, we knew that um, – you know, my expectation wasn't to be in every Barnes and Noble around the country. You know, right, um, right. much yeah. rather keep. Um, I don't know. I guess I kind of think of it the way you know uh, a big label, record label, might approach things versus an independent. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we're able to, yeah. you know, keep keep some of our standards and you know keep um, keep some control of the project and also have a bit more ownership when it's all said and done. And you know, we're going to have a smaller group of really loyal uh-huh. fans and followers versus being on, you know, mainstream radio, I guess is how I would think of it. So. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about the same thing in terms of, like, food comparisons, like, say, a really small, you know, farm's cheese versus, uh, you know, it's hard to get around and just, to, you know, with the manpower to get into stores and, and right. you know, it's it's just not going to work yeah, all Very, the time. very similar approach. But, but again, that, that kind of goes back to really the way we run the restaurant anyway. You know, we're, we really try to we're very loyal to, you know, the, the farms we were working with for 10 or 12 years or, you know, the, the small cheese company, you know, doing the right thing but still not quite off the ground. You know, we're much more likely to, um, you know, try to support them than to just go with a big right. brand. So. You know, I, I'm I'm curious to see if things will start to change and, and people will start to not have that, uh, you know, a gas to look on their face when, when the word self-publishing is, yeah. is mentioned because, uh, you know, this obviously proves that uh, you've not only made it uh, good quality or passing quality, but it's sure, actually a passion sure. project and, you know, you took so many u- unique advantages with it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, a couple of the we've had some some kind of book industry insiders see it and say, you know, it's a beautiful project, and you know, like we're like we couldn't have done everything you did in this book. You know, like there's just certain um, when you're talking about printing, you know, twenty thousand books versus a couple thousand. There's just things that I guess don't scale up, and um, so you know, we've had some nice compliments, and of course, the the other side of that is you know. Uh, we're we're going to make less per book. I mean, it costs us more to just to produce the book. You know, mm-hmm. so printing in Seattle probably costs three or four times what it costs to print in Shanghai or something like that. You know, um, but the but the other positive aspect of it though is that we did we did the whole project in a year, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, I think the standard, you know, cookbook from the inception to market is usually more like a two-year process. Okay. So because right. we kept it all here and we were lean and fast and, you know, willing to work really hard, we were able to also get it done quite quickly. So This is quite a testament to that. Um, you know, did you have it, did, have you had any um, folks 
ask if you were like, you know, against cook, traditional cookbook publishing or book publishing? No, no. And I mean, it hasn't really been phrased that way. And I certainly am not against any of that. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of cookbooks. And in the, in the grand scheme of books, I guess, all told, I think that cookbooks will probably be, you know, in a lot of ways, one of the strongest printed books right. that will still exist. Right. I think that cookbooks hold a special place in people's hearts and minds. And, you know, I'd much rather have a, a shelf full of great cookbooks that I have around for years and years versus, you know, summer novels. Or, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a certain type of reading that um, I'd, I'd much rather have on, a, on my Nook or my Kindle versus having a cookbook. Uh, so, you know, I think yeah. that... Um, Cookbooks certainly aren't going to go away, and I and I love that there are people doing great quality out there, and, and and we certainly looked at some of our favorite publishers and admired their work and tried to do, you know, we wanted to be professional and we wanted to be well regarded and and yeah, sort of buck that trend of you know what people would think of as self published. Hmm. Um, you know, we wanted to be of of national quality. So, yeah. are there any uh, inspirational cookbooks that you kind of drew from, or are your favorites? Um, let's project? see. I mean, I've, I've had a list that's been growing for 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, um, when I first started thinking about a book after a couple years into the restaurant. I mean, um, you know, certainly some, some, there's some benchmarks. I mean, like the French Laundry cookbook is still one of my favorites just for its, you know, its um, cleanness and it's also its thoroughness and yeah, its great representation of technique. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some some more obscure ones, like I have this book that was published um, in Europe somewhere called uh, The Joy of Truffles that just has a really great, um, the photography is very timeless. It's uh-huh. very, you know, it's probably a 15-year-old book, but, you know, it just feels very, um, like I'll still want to pick it up 10 years from now. Like okay. it's very, there's some types of photography that can feel dated rather quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know I've got books from the 90s that I just, I'm like, oh, I can tell, that's so 90s, you know. <laughs> right. And I, my hope was that we could, you know, find a way to be a little bit more timeless and, and hopefully be a book that people refer to again and again in their yeah. their collection. You know, I think a lot of us who are into food, you know, probably have dozens or hundreds of books, but you probably go back to eight or ten of them all the time. So, mm, true, I mean, true. I love the Canal House series, you know, um, those are really just beautiful um, books. Canal House and, cooks every day. Yeah, we had them on as uh, yeah, earlier this year. Their books are great. Um, and then there were, you know, sort of we picked apart things from a bunch of different books. Um, there's a book called Shinju that's a Japanese uh, restaurant, and I just love mm. the way they told the story of the seasons. Um, you know, they had great photos, and uh, they really they just kind of captured a great marriage of the outside and the inside and, how, you know, what that means in a restaurant. And I think that has a real application in the Northwest. You know, we're, we're so inspired by, you know, our foragers and the seafood and things like that that um, I wanted to really bring the outside and the natural into the book. And this Shenju book did a great job of that, you know, 10 years ago. So, cool. you know, lots, lots of inspiration. And, you know, certainly some of the newer ones, I mean, Noma and Favakin are beautiful books and very rustic and very simple, but but also very subtle. And I think that's you know those are those are things that I aspire to as well. So cool, yeah. I'm excited to use this book because um, my CSA just started. Um, and, you know, at first when I opened this, I was like, oh no, I'm not. I'm not even close. I'm on the other side of the country. But you know, when it's uh, exploring uh, the the regional foods. 
But so much of it is so just universal. Um, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to use it. And we're actually uh, a community-supported radio station here, so I'm very happy to be contributing this book to our little bookshelf here at Yay, the radio excellent. station at Heritage. Excellent. So um, one last question, because that's about all the time we have. But what sure. delicious food are you making right now in your backyard or or later on? Oh, you know, well, it, it, my garden at home is pretty, we, we've, uh, we've focused on flowers this year, and, and last year we sort of let it, <laughs> let it go because we were working on the book so much. Uh-huh. But at Lark, we have a little herb garden, and um, we have some berries growing back there. So I was just picking, um, I have these really great white alpine strawberries. I have several oh, pots of them. Oh, you have those? So, those yeah. are amazing. I was yeah, just talking I've, to friends. I once planted them a summer, and they were amazing. Anyway. Yeah, I, I've I've loved alpine strawberries for years, and I usually have them at various, you know, the couple of homes I've had over the last 10, 12 years. And so I, I had this one little plant that I kept alive, and I finally got it to grow. So now I've got oh, it in three pots at the restaurant. And so I've been picking those. Um, right now it's it's rhubarb and strawberry seasons here still. And, and you know, you probably noticed in the book that, we divided. I divide the seasons into three. You know, yeah. evergreen, which is our mm-hmm. our long, long and slow <laughs> spring, and then bounty when there's just too much, too fast, but right. it's all amazing. And then we go into our long, cool, misty winter. But um, the strawberries are just great right now, and the rhubarb. So I'm using those little white strawberries on our cheesecake. So, oh, loving it. Thank you so much for keeping those little alpine strawberries going because oh, yeah. I was starting to worry I wasn't seeing them enough. Um, we, we need to get more out there. <laughs> yes, yeah, we do. Sure. And uh, we need to get more of your books out there because they're awesome. Um, everybody check out also Lark Recipes on iTunes. That's where, or Lark Cookbook. Right, yeah, Lark okay. Cookbook in the iTunes store. And, and that's an app with, you know, like lots of good functionality, lots of slideshows for every recipe, step-by-step instru- instructions. You know, you can email yourself a shopping list, so mm-hmm. really functional. Um, we're really close to having an iBook version, which okay. will be more like the book, but with it'll have videos kind of embedded in there, just a great, great way to enjoy mm-hmm. the media. And then we're also in the Kindle store um, as an ebook, so hard to keep track of all these formats. <laughs> but you know, we're we're trying to be there for yeah. just any way that people would like to enjoy it and, yeah. and get a sense of what it's like here. Excellent, so cool. Um, thank you so much for your time, John. Well, um, pleasure to talk to you, Kathy. And have a great night. We'll see you next week on you Eat too. Your Words. We'll, we'll see you <laughs> in Brooklyn. I was there a couple oh. weeks ago. Oh, wonderful. Well, welcome in a week. Right. All right. Okay. Sign up. See you next week on Let's mm. Eat In. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.